This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Welcome to Pardon the Corruption. Tonight, we go inside the mind of a madman. Nick Reynoldson joins us. What's going on, Nick? Oh, I'm doing good, buddy. Nice to see you. Nice to be on. You just came back from Kingston, and uh, one of our first topics is comedy in the age of COVID. Um, yeah. Number one, is there comedy in the age of COVID? Not in Toronto, there is not. There's, uh, there's comedy on Zoom in Toronto. Um, so I've been doing a lot of Zoom shows, which are... Are super sad. Um, are like, they sad? Are they? Did you get a reaction from the crowd, or how, how does it work? I, you kind of. It depends on how big, how many people are. Like I, I've done a few corporate ones, so um, they still they have money to give, right? They're you know corporate money, and uh, so we, we're still getting that, still getting them checks. Um, but you tell like five or ten people to turn on their mic so you can hear something, and then you tell everyone else to cut it out. Yeah, um, so you, you want you want the people who who actually like have a reaction to have the mics on, not the ones who are mute. No, yeah, it's, and you want to see people. Otherwise, it's like you're doing a weird monologue, and you're like, I hope to God this is funny, but you don't know. And it's weird, man, because everyone – I just sit down like this and, and do my jokes. Like, But some people, like, stand with a mic like lunatics. I'm like, guys, you're in your house. Like, you don't need to do – sit down and relax. Oh, so, so you're, not, you're, not, you're not pretending like you're in a club. You're more like – just like the way you're talking to me right now. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm lucky because I have, like, conversational kind of jokes anyway. So it's not like, you know, like a, a one-liner guy that I'm sitting down like a lunatic. <laughs> did, did it take a while to get used to? Like, did it feel weird at the start and now you're in a, in a rhythm? Like, how do you, like, how, does, how did that work? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's never great, dude. Like, it's, I'm not going to lie to you. It, it is not, it's, it's not good. Um, it's never, it's not fun. Like, you can kind of have fun, but I don't know. The whole part of stand-up is, like being around people and, and seeing them laugh and, and it's just yeah. it's the best we can do I guess but you did come back from Kingston right now and uh, and I there did. were there were shows there and there were it was a live audience there there was a live uh, live audience they surround uh, you in plexiglass like a three-sided plexiglass and it's really weird because uh, because of all the lights like you it it's kind of like a mirror so you can't really see you can see yourself so you see like I saw me in front of me and then me on the sides. And it's super, it's like you're doing comedy to a mirror. It's very weird. I imagine that's how like presidential debates are. You see those plexiglass, they're like yeah. bulletproof. I imagine like you're, it's something like that. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt, uh, I felt presidential. <laughs> <laughs> Was it a socially distant crowd? Like how, how were there people out on whatever December 20th we are here? Uh, yeah, there were, I think a total of like 25 people like uh you know it's in a room for i don't know 300 people can normally fit so it's it's uh it's weird man <laughs> it's weird but yeah everyone's socially distant and anything anything we have learned from uh from your from your perspective in covid that you're like oh but we discovered this about comedy shows in covid that we can maybe take over when things go back to normal or is it like thank god covid's over let's go let's let's resume our business um I like to not like touching people part that that's really good. And like staying the hell away from people that, that part is amazing. I want that to continue. Like I don't need to shake 
everyone's hands. It's disgusting when you think about it. It's gross. <laughs> it's sweaty. It's I don't know if that's germs or sweat or beer or what the hell's going on, but let's let's dive in. Let's dive into it. Cause you wanted to talk about Harden, who um before we get to the Harden trade talk, did you ever rate Harden as a guy who could take his team as a number one option to a uh, to a championship. Did you ever have that mentality that this Houston could actually do it with Harden as their number one guy? Uh, yeah. Well, I, they they would have done it if CP didn't blow out his hamstring. Like, I don't I don't understand why people hate James Harden so much. He is amazing. He's amazing. Uh-huh. He's like literally one of the best scorers ever to play basketball. And we don't want him on our team now. All of a sudden, what what the hell? Who are we? We okay. don't want James Harden. Okay. So, so you're you're all in for the let's get Harden, uh... dude. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. I want James Harden. Who would you, would you would you? So you're viewing this current opportunity much like how um, Masai viewed Kawhi being on the market, a superstar on the market. He pounced on it. You equate the two situations uh, the same way. Yeah. Hundred percent, I do. Who, who I mean, who... that's that's this is the part where it gets scary because it's. It's so much of my heart and soul, right? It's like we, we're going to have to. So, I mean, I, I do believe the Raptors may have the assets to acquire a player like Harden. Uh, would you feel comfortable giving up Siakam for, for Harden? I, I mean, I think that's what has to be done. I would not feel comfortable, but uh, that's what needs to be done. Like, I, I own a Siakam jersey. Uh, I love that kid. Okay. Um, but he's not James Harden. I don't think that's all it's going to take to get that done. But yes, if that's what we're doing, 100%. Yeah, yeah we, can, we can throw in some fillers here and there. Would you, would you throw in uh, like Malachi Flynn, um, Siakam, and maybe, I don't know, like pick your, uh, I, I don't know, OG? Would you throw in OG? OG? You got to keep, you can't, you, you, you can't get rid of OG and Pascal. That's, you, need, you need one of the two on your team. So when you look at Harden's tenure in, in Houston, like it, it has been successful from a scoring perspective, but from a playoff perspective, he hasn't really achieved much. Like Houston has been, they, they got their ass kicked uh, by the Lakers. And I get the Lakers eventually won the title and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But Houston struggled throughout the postseason. It's not like they, they, they looked smooth at any point where they were going to like take down any, any of their opponents. And Harden was a big part of that. How do you explain Harden, despite having a guy like, no matter what you think of Russell Westbrook, he he, he had a half decent team around him. The style was catered to him exactly. It's not like the coach and him were on a different page. It was mm-hmm. almost tailored for Harden. Yet yep. there, he wasn't able to achieve uh, what what they set out to do. What's going to be different in Toronto uh, about that? Uh, I mean, we had we we play uh, we have a center um, that you know we we got a guy that can uh, get some boards for him. Uh, and just I don't know, man. Just the, we got better players, dude. Like the, they're they don't have a good team. They didn't have a good team. Russ was hurt or whatever. You know what I mean? They, I don't know. He's just so awesome. Like how he's so okay. Okay. wicked, dude. And uh, it's a, a cultural thing too. Like I think the culture here is strong enough to you know like we'll we'll keep quiet when he goes to strip clubs. You do your thing, bro. Yeah. And then come back and you're here to work. And given that the Raptors are really built around defense, that's what Nick Nurse preaches. That's what everything is about. You bring in Harden here, who is not a not a great defensive player by any means. No. How how do you see that happening? Like, do you think culturally that's a good fit? Where where your main guy, the guy who plays forty minutes a game, is not really expending the requisite amount of level, uh, uh, defensive effort? Well, he's he, he would have to like that. That is the cultural okay. strength, I think. Uh, okay. Like you're coming, we're, this, we're a championship franchise, bro. You're gonna have to try on defense. Like, pretend like you're trying. Okay. 
That's all. Okay. Like all right. I, I, I think he's unhappy. He knows he's not gonna win. He's like, fuck it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot as much as I can, score as much as I can, and then roll the yeah. dice. We'll see when I get some guys around me. We'll, we'll go for the chip. Okay. I mean, and I, I, to argue your point, uh, I think if you, and I wrote an article about this a couple of days ago, was that the, the way the Raptors are built, it's not like they have this, oh, for the next four years, we're going to be championship contenders. Like Boston has a window, Milwaukee maybe has a window, but the Raptors approach has been, we're going to be good enough. And then when there's an opportunity to get a player like Kawhi, we're going to pounce on it because we have the assets. Right. So arguing kind of, not against myself. I mean, but I mean, if I, I mean, I, I'm not a, I like Harden as a fantasy player. He won me the, you know, almost won me the league last year until we got canceled. Yeah. Um, but as a, as a, as a player, I have my doubts about it. Maybe it's a, it's a doubt about Houston's system more than it is about Harden. So sometimes I, th- I think he gets made to look worse because of the system he played in and blah, blah, blah. That's exactly um, what I think, man. I think it's the, the, I mean, it was catered to him for sure, but that, that just don't do that. Mm. It's okay. Pretty, it, it, you know what I mean? Like put him in a different system. So it's a system problem. I think so. I, I, I think system and in... personnel a little bit. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So, so, so you're all in on, uh, on Harden. Let's see what it is. Uh, on latest reports is that Houston's looking for like a three team trade uh, to get the people they want. I don't know if Masai's on the phone. No idea. Uh, the Toronto media doesn't really seem to know much what's going on. The, the Raptors are a pretty silent organization. Eh? They yeah. don't let anything leak. Oh, and man, it's a, it's pretty amazing how, uh, we're like the goddamn FBI, man. Like, keep everything in house. If this was happening on the Knicks, <laughs> oh my god, dude! <laughs> All right, let's uh, uh, let's move on from Harden and, and talk to, talk about uh, Jack Armstrong a little. You're a big Jack Armstrong uh, fan. I think you guys interviewed him on the Talking Raptors podcast. Uh, he was kind enough to meet you guys at the at the ACC, and you guys had a very good conversation with him. You have noticed something about him over the last little bit that has uh, caught your eye. Man, that's what's going on. Jack Armstrong has a month, and uh, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know. I assume it's because everything's locked down, so he can't get a haircut. So he's like, "Listen, I'm my part. I'm staying safe." Um, or he won't let his wife cut. Like my my girlfriend cut my hair and and destroyed it. Uh huh. That's why I'm wearing. Can we get a look? Can we get a look at what's going on? Well, I think that's just hat hair. No, it's long on the top. It's the sides. Like you see this wispy part. All oh, right, it's, right. It's uh, it's bad, uh, dude. It's okay. Bad. All right. You got a bit of emo thing going on, but at the same time, it looks kind of cool, though. It looks kind of cool. Hey, thank you, man. Yeah, thank I you. mean, I, I mean, I, I'd get rid of the hat. I think that's you. You got something going on there. What do you think of Jack Armstrong's analysis of Raptor games? I love it, man. What do, What are you? You know, it's I. I love. It. It's not even. It's not a deep analysis. It's yeah. it's very much like Dwayne Casey style coaching okay. analysis okay. yeah you gotta, you gotta dig in there you gotta you know he's like he's that guy and you it's almost more like hockey-ish do you know what i mean yeah the raptors generally need to reboot their tv crew like right. just generally speaking sportsnet tsn whoever they got it just needs a reset i think we have guys in there who have been been with us from like day one like leo routens and mm-hmm. uh, you know jack's been forever not day one but he's been there forever and you see, there's a lot of lot of young young uh, reporters out there who might who might be more in tune with what the hell's going on. As much as I love Jack and these guys, I do want to see some new guys get in there, some new guys and girls get in there who I know who I know are very capable. So I feel like they're they're not providing enough um, zeitgeist. They don't have the zeitgeist. 
and, and they're kind of speaking from a from a perspective that is a little outdated. And I would love to see like some Blake Murphy, for example, like you know, mm -hmm. love Blake, you know, former RR guy. Why isn't he on TV? Or name your name your person. So I just that, that's my main problem with the Raptors TV crew is that they generally need to diversify a little bit. They need a bit of a reboot. And unfortunately, Jack's sort of part of it. If you if you stack rank all the analysts out there mm -hmm. by any comparison, Jack is number one. Like there's no, uh, there's like, if you compare him to the rest of the crew, he's for sure. Sherman Hamilton has, uh, has Sherman's, a lot of good things to say though. Uh, he's, yeah, uh, Sherman's uh, awesome. I'd give that guy a bigger role for sure. But it, it, it's also, um, you're right. I mean, like it, it, it the fan base is, uh, there's a lot of young folks in the fan base, right? Younger than, than the broadcast crew. So to reflect kind of be nice. Um, I don't know, man, like something has to happen with, just cable in general like that it's dying it's they don't understand it they don't know they have been like there's a reason why league pass is shit right because they're you know our our games are blacked out because they're encouraging that's how they make their money from local broadcast um but it's not the future yeah. so i feel like the nba is actually behind uh what where we where it needs to be to you know propel the game forward like i haven't i, I steal every game and I would love to pay for, you know, I'm not getting a cable. I'm not getting to get two channels. It's insane. I, yeah. But if you gave me an app, you know, and it's subscribe like a Disney Plus. And that yeah, way I, I, you I, get I on a new the, platform and then you can bring in, you know, it's a revamped thing. It's a new way to watch basketball. Here's your young, here's your Blake Murphys, right? Like that, that that's the way to do it for sure. And yeah. I do agree. Like it does. We need some, some, uh, some juice in there for yeah. sure, yeah. At, uh, remember, it wasn't too long ago when when the when the camera used to pan on cheerleaders and Jack used to be like, "Hello," oh, and yeah. those are those, those days are over. Yeah, that that's uh, the, yeah. You're not allowed to do that anymore. Uh, <laughs> and I'm sure if we went back and listened, these a lot of things uh, uh, went down. I, I just, but also you love that old school. I love that old school. Like he was calling the Utah Jazz fans a bunch of yahoos. I'm like, that's great. That's I want that. I want that guy. That guy's like a, just a cool, I would love to drink a beer with you. I actually own the, uh, his garbage, get, get, get your garbage out of here t-shirt, yeah. which only has a trash bag on it. That's and, hilarious. Yeah. And like, I mean, I want to wear it outside, but it's literally just a trash bag and it says, get the garbage out of here. Like, it's not like, it's not like somebody would look at that and be like, Hmm, kind of cool. It's just like, what, what the hell is that? Why I mean, is this guy wearing garbage on his shirt? <laughs> he's got a garbage bag on his yeah, t-shirt. Is this guy garbage? I don't get the message. Um, yeah, he definitely, he needs some uh, someone to design him better merch for sure. I mean, he needs his own bobblehead is what it is. At the very yeah. least, that, that should have happened by now. Oh, yeah. That is also a uh, beer opener, like a yeah. bottle opener. That's like just right there. Come on. All right, man, let, let, let's move to preseason. Uh, three games so far, or there's only three games uh, this time around. Two against Charlotte, one against Miami. We're two and one. Um, anything caught your eye? I mean, I, I know we talked offline kind of about the uh, the big man rotation with Baines and Boucher uh, replacing Ibaka and Gasol. And I was trying to think back, and I'm like, I don't know if there has been such a big positional drop-off in, in, in Raptors history where you go from those two to these two. And no disrespect yeah. to Boucher and, and, and Baines. I mean, they're, they're good players in their own right. But the drop-off is significant. And, and does that concern you heading into the, uh, the season? Yeah, big time. Like, it's, it's, that is Mark Gasol and Sergi Baca. Like, they're, they're incredible players. And they did a lot for our team. And, and I don't think 
Baines or Boucher are replacing anything. I, I used to follow Baines back in Detroit for a little bit when he used to play for the Pistons. Well, uh, and I, I, I don't know why you were, you're following him. That's big, God, God bless you. I'll tell you exactly why right now. I'll tell you exactly why. Because that dude has always been pretty solid at setting screens. He, he is solid at like just screening a guy out without picking up offensive fouls, which goes a long way if you got a lot of guard play. And the Raptors are very ball dominant in the backcourt with Siakam, oh, sorry, with, uh, with Van Vliet and Lowry handling the ball. They mm-hmm. require that screen to clear things up like, like most teams do. And Baines is excellent at that. So that's, to me, he brings that aspect of the game I mean, uh, the other two also had it, but I mean, he that's has right. that in yeah. him. Um, oh, for sure, dude. Like, he they're, a- they're, he'll do, like, he's going to have to do. And uh, he does set do, yeah. hard screens and uh, little guards need, you know, you need to get that space. So, yeah. yes, he will do that. He, His uh, jumper looks a little weird, eh? Like, he's got what? that, like, one foot, like, like, uh, like, like going, going, leaning a little too forward than you like to. He's shooting like LaMelo ball. I don't know what the hell is happening with his legs when he shoots, but uh, he's on our team, man. I love him. <laughs> He looks like Blake Murphy. Speaking of Blake Murphy, <laughs> project uh, Chris Boucher for me. What, uh, what's his NBA career like? Where is uh, he in five years? Where is he in five? Might be back at a Saint Hubert's in uh, Montreal, dude. I, I'm not sure. Um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I can't project him. Sorry, I haven't seen enough. Um, the kid tries hard, man. Yeah, he's got some skill, but uh, he's probably he's like my weight. It's uh, it's yeah. not good. And that's the thing with him, uh, especially against Miami, you saw that he was guarding Adebayo on a couple of possessions. Uh, and you saw that he clearly has the athletic ability to defend, but he, d- he does get turned around pretty quickly, mm-hmm. right? Like he, he's, it's like he's wobbly, right? I mean, it's like you, you, you go, you give him like a one crossover and he's turned around. He has good recoverability usually. So he, he kind of makes up for that initial loss of position by just having great athleticism. Um, but projecting that out a little, he's got, a, you know, in my article, I wrote, like, he's a guy who's two months away from being two months away. Like, you, you got to evaluate him, like, four months from now and see where he is as an NBA player because there's just not enough data with him against NBA competition to see what really is underneath the surface for Chris Boucher because he really is just a tall, lanky dude with an unblockable jumper who tries really hard, as you said. Yeah, no, we need I need, we need to see more, and and by God, we're gonna get it. And uh, that's one thing he doesn't do is set solid screens. No, like, uh, no. And, he, and, I mean, when when he sets a screen, the guy who's getting screened takes Chris Boucher with him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He goes right through his body. It's the, uh, <laughs> the dude. The dude is light, man. And yeah. uh, but I mean, I think that's part of the season, though, is, is to see how some of these young guys, uh, Boucher, one of them, what we have there once you scratch the surface a little. And this this season really is about scratching that surface, unless, of course, we get hardened and the whole thing changes. But I mean, overall, I mean, that's what yeah. the season is. Or do you see the season a little differently? No, I see this uh, the same thing. Like, uh, I'm not going to fool myself in thinking we're we're going to be in the dance with the. Uh, with Aaron Baines and Chris Boucher at the, at the, oh, no, Nick, it's, it's, we're going to have to see what we got this season to let, let Nick Nurse go a little mad scientist and, and play everybody, man. Let's move on to some more young guys. Uh, Utah Watanabe. I got the pronunciation right, I believe, because uh, Sahal uh, corrected me last time. And I also, like, before this, uh, before this conversation, I, he, he texted me the audio pronunciation, so I nailed it there. That was amazing. What do you, what, what do you, what do you think of him? I think he's a beautiful man. It's uh, <laughs> like, I don't know, first saw that is a, that's, that's a beautiful replacement. Like, 
you know, the handsome guy on our team, it's you don't walk right into that. Strolled in. So one for one replacement for uh, Ibaka on the all handsome team. Yeah, one. Yeah, easy, easy. That's all. He was just strikingly beautiful. Like, uh, you know, I I don't find uh, men often strikingly beautiful, but that he he, uh, he got me to raise my eyebrows there. Like, oh, that's a good looking dude. <laughs> no, all right, fine, man. No, no arguments here, man. Uh, he can also ball a little bit. I think you were gonna. He 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 didn't make the main roster, but uh, or he he did. He got a two. No, he did. Deal, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I so think we waved s- O'Shea actually. That was surprising. Yeah, that that, that, uh, that that was a bit surprising because uh, uh, I really thought that he'd be he'd be in there for sure. Just go back to Mississauga, bro. We don't want you. I was, I was shocked. <laughs> and from what I had seen of him, like he seemed like a decent, hardworking, power forwardish, like versatile player. Not a great jumper. Uh, I, I guess the rapper just thought he had. There were just other guys ahead of him, like Watanabe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Paul Watson, I guess. But yeah, I mean, you, you guys, you guys, I maybe talked about this a little bit on your podcast, talking Raptors. Uh, the purple jerseys. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on the on, on the new purple jerseys? Uh, you 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 big fan or what? Well, I I, uh, I I I don't know. I have to see them, I guess, in person. But on on you know on my phone, looking at them, I'm like I don't. They're not great. They're I don't know why we have wicked purple jerseys. Why can't we just wear those jerseys? But I'm like, use those jerseys, man. Right, right. So if you're going to go back to purple, they got to be either just bring back what already exists, which is perfect. It's nostalgic. It's got the 95 feel to it. It's got everything. Yep. Or you could take what I think what they've done now is basically modernize the purple. We really love that goddamn Chevron. I'll say Raptors <laughs> love that Chevron, man. She looks really cool on the court. The two Chevrons on the court. That looks great. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why are we pumping chevrons on everything. It's, uh, it's it's aggressive. One thing I gotta get your take on is um, uh, is is the Fred Van Vliet deal that the Raptors got uh, in the postseason. You saw uh, you know with, with Boston, uh, he he got a controversial statement perhaps, but he got pretty much I, I'd say destroyed by Jason Tatum when it really counted in the in that series. Yeah, he and, got dummied. He, he got dummied by him, yeah. Right, and 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 I'm a big Fred fan. I, I've, I've liked his game from day one, but when I saw what happened to him in that series and what, what Boston was able to do, basically switch Tatum on him and then operate from there and use his height advantage to kind of view, the, view what the defense is doing, pick the Raptors apart, take mm-hmm. Fred in the block, operate from there. For the first time, I was like, oh man, I think we have a size problem in the backcourt. Mm-hmm. Do we have a size problem in the backcourt, like with Van Vliet and Lowry there? And uh, in- um, I mean, you're gonna have to figure out the problem because we, we've got him for a while, right? But he, he, he I, I was that's why I was hesitant because I'm like, I don't know if I want to pay a six foot one guy a lot. You know what I mean? Just in, you're for playing basketball. What you're six, six feet tall? He's, he's listed six one. Yeah. So you're going to have problems. Yeah. And, uh, you, you know, Lowry f- figured it out, you know, so yeah. maybe maybe Fred will get there and figure it out. But you, you definitely you definitely see that when you switch a guy like Jason Tatum on you're in trouble, man. Like I, I, you're, I you're... have noticed that on offense, at least, uh, I think Fred has certainly expanded his range. Uh, I think he's realized that 
Like he's like he 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 has a bit of a floater. I think he's got to work on that flo- uh, that mid range game a little bit more because once he gets past that initial screen, he gets into that mid range area, and he it's usually let's go all the way to the rim and and try to finish there. If he develops something like a Mark Jackson game, remember Mark mm-hmm. Jackson? Like he had that little weird floater, uh, yep. sim- similar body type kind of deal, and, and he he was very effective at that. I think Fred needs to kind of work on that. But what I've noticed so far is that he has tried to expand his range and he's taking deeper threes. And mm-hmm. he saw that against Boston too. He's taking like 23 footers, 24 footers a lot more frequently. And I guess that's one of his ways of coping with, 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 with the middle kind of being congested. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have to, you have to find ways to score, man. Like you're a little, little dude. So it is, it might be 25 feet. You might have to do the Dame. I'm, I'm hitting this before you even think about guarding <laughs> me. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, a floater would be nice. And also, um, hopefully, the 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 buzz and the money, uh, he'll get more uh, calls, man. Like, kid gets beaten up. Like, do, you, do you think there's a correlation between how much money you make and how many calls you get? Yeah, of course there is. Yeah, they respect you more, man. You're like, I'm, dude. The, the, I'm balling, son. Basketball reference the salary sheet and, and make their calls based on that kind of. I mean, dude, if, the, if they're watching this, the league like we're watching the league, they know who's who's getting money and oh, okay, this guy's this guy's somebody, right? We'll give him. Even if it's not like uh, intentional, like it's yeah. it's subconscious, it'll get okay. more, right? Mm-hmm. You know what? I don't think anybody has actually done that analysis on how much. How, how, what kind of foul calls you get depending on the money you make. And I bet you there might be something to that, uh, to that point. Because as you said, like, they, I mean, I, I, I bet refs follow the league even more than we do. Of course. You know, like they're so close to it. How could you not? You're like in the middle of the game. It's impossible yeah. for you not to be fully engaged. Like once the game is over. How could you how you, of, of course you're a fan and like you, you, you know these guys you're gonna you're gonna you know you have favorites of course you would just naturally as a human being you, you like some people more than you like other people like they're humans yeah. and whether it's like conscious or, or not but uh I, I someone should do that study I, I guarantee you guys that make more money get more calls yeah. All right, man. So let's let's end off on um, in arena experience and listen to you guys you, you and Barry for for quite some time. Um, I, I know that Barry's of the opinion, and I've always kind of agreed with him uh, on this point, is that the in-arena experience at the ACC is a bit much. And you're, you're old like, man oh, talk. Man, old man talk. Old man talk. Yeah. Um, did you enjoy the bubble? I did. I love the bubble, man. I oh, uh, I love the bubble. So you love the the the, the calm, uh, the the serenity of the bubble, maybe a little bit. I, I think I might like it more. Than, like I don't want to see fans ever again. I, I I just I love this. So, so ha- ha- has your opinion maybe changed or have you, have you discovered anything that you might, that you saw in the bubble that you might want to replicate in that once, once the real game start? Okay. This is what I, this is, will never happen, but this is actually what I want. Like when we're talking about streaming and stuff, right? Okay. So I want an option where we can hear the players. Mm-hmm. I want all the swearing, like make it 18 plus and, and you, you know, like you mm-hmm. subscribe to that. That's what, that's, I want that. Yeah. I, I. I think would be amazing, dude. It, it would, uh, you know, because they, every time someone would go for, you know, a layup or something and get hit, they, they muted the sound because they know that, oh, motherfucker, they're going to swear, right? But I'm like, let's get it all. Let me hear it all. I, I'll go a step further. NBA League Pass right now costs 140 bucks mm-hmm. in, uh, in Canada, in Canadian money, if you buy it today. I would pay double that, 280 bucks for that audio. Yes. Easily. 
Easily. I agree 100%, dude. It would be, it would, it, I just think it would be incredible, man. It, incredible and like hilarious. And, and, uh, but I mean, we're talking about what you can say and can't say, right? On TV, I'm sure you're going to hear some it's, shit. It's not like that information is private right now. Like, if you're sitting courtside, Mm-hmm. Those th- th- those people can hear exactly what the players are saying, so it's not like it's it's, it's information that only the players know or only as part of the league knows. It's public knowledge. To get, if you're sitting courtside, or if you have, uh, or, or if you're part of the media, you get to hear that. Why not the fans? C- can you argue against it? Is there a reason why that should not happen? Um, the only argument against it, I guess, is children. It's, uh, but I mean, like, if you're there's kids that sit courtside, they're hearing some shit, man. Um, that's literally the only argument is is that they want as many fans as they possibly can. So, you know, 18 plus, like they don't, that's not what they want to mm-hmm. do. They want to get these kids early and you got them for life now. Yeah. It's almost like you need on your, on your, on your, I was, I was about to say the word TiVo uh, on yeah. your TV. You need that. You need an option for like uh, the other audio stream. Then the, just like you do with league fast, you have your home away. You could have yeah. a stream for, uh, for uncensored players. man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, Dude, it's a way to make money. I don't know why they wouldn't do it. Just do it. Yeah, I, I, I think you hit it on the head. It might just be an NSFW thing, man. Uh, I yeah, think that's, it, all, it, that's it, all it is. Yeah, we just need that channel. But like, I, I would, yeah, I would pay two hundred and eighty dollars. I'd pay three hundred bucks a year for for mm-hmm. to hear uh, people swearing, man. That the, the courtside package is perfect. Yeah. Courtside, you you hear everything and and done. Do it, NBA. I mean, we're doing the thinking for them, really, at this point. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. The, we there's there's gems in this. We got Jack Armstrong merch that uh, they're gonna steal our they're gonna steal our shit, man. Um, okay, l- l- you mentioned uh, Jack Armstrong. Let's go back to the broadcast crew for a, for a bit. Um, Leo Routens. Oh God, don't don't do this to me. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, he's been there here day one. Uh, I, I remember first watching uh, or first uh, like hearing uh, Leo in the, in the in the initial season, but really he, uh, he he was he was edged into my brain. I was at uh, I'll tell you the exact location. I was at 33 City Center Drive in Mississauga. I don't know if you know where that is in uh, near Square One. And there used to be like a bar there, and we didn't have a TV at home, so we had to go and watch the game at uh, at the bar. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that there was a Tyson fight. Uh, at the around the same time, so I had to I had to go there for that, and the Raptor game was like earlier in the day or something like that. And I remember Leo going on about uh, not keeping the uh, after a block, not keeping the ball inbounds, mm-hmm. and how like he could have done better next time. And the play was like I don't know, maybe it was like Carlos Rogers or somebody. I don't know who it was, right? Yeah. Like reaching out and like barely getting like his hand on the, on the on the ball, and Leo's like criticizing him for like not keeping it in bounds, even though he blocked the shot, right? Yeah. And and that kind of like it just entered my brain and just stayed there. Mm-hmm. And then Leo made that point for the subsequent twenty five years. Yes, he. Uh, I've many times heard him talking about that. Like uh, you know, sometimes it's. Leo, uh, it's legit impossible to keep the ball in play, and uh, <laughs> you got you got a block, dude. Like, what is what? Would you be in favor of like another category in the box score, like block shot BS, and then BSI, like block shot, and the play was inbounds, like the play can we got we recovered the ball after the block shot. We would, got would, too, would that be of any value to you? We got too many categories, man. No, I don't. I don't. Do not put that in the game. No what's a category that currently does not exist that you would like to see on the box score? 
um, screen the, assists. Screen you know what I mean? Assists. Yeah. yeah. It would describe that play or demonstrate it, if you will. Like, what, what, do, what do you mean? Um, we're talking about like Baines would have a shit ton, right? Because you just okay. rock two guys. And now the only reason that shot exists is because you, you pick two dudes. Um, and that assist goes to Baines. Yeah. Track I like that. it. I like it. I, I think it's simple. It's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a little subjective, uh, like some stats should be really. You know what I mean? Like, like mm-hmm. who gets the rebound? Who gets the, who gets the block there? Uh, another one that I would like to see uh, like in the same vein is um, shots contested, like like shots altered or contested, but not necessarily blocked. Right. And 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 I, and I know these stats exist in some of the advanced sites, but but I'd like to introduce them onto the main box score that ninety nine percent of people check, right? Because all those other advanced stats, believe it or not, it's only a very select few check that. Like if you look at all the people that watch basketball, nobody checks the advanced stats. They check the main box score, and that's about it. That's a shot that I would love to kind of move forward into the in, into the real box. Yeah, I'm 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 cool. Like for average fans, like uh, yeah. that's what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. A- average fans, I agree 100. percent Like like uh, I would do screen assists. Yeah. Um, definitely not doing block the inside. Like <laughs> no, that's insane. No, thank you, Leo. What's on your playlist these days? What's uh what's what, what's happening there? I'm listening to uh, a rapper called Buddy. From Compton, he's amazing, and uh, I'm listening to a lot of Guap Dad 4000 and uh, like Conway the Machine, and lots of rap, man. Nick, thank you so much. My pleasure, man. Thank you.